Lord Jesus, as your people today, we thank you that being in your presence together is very special for us. Lord, we thank you that you've been here as we've sung and you've ministered to us and you've touched our hearts. And Lord, for that, we truly do, we truly do want to thank you as we listen to your word now and receive instruction. We pray that you would build us for where we are today, but also you'd strengthen us for where we're going in our tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus another shout before you sit down. He is so wonderful. He is absolutely amazing. Well, we have had an amazing week, Faye and I. We've been down to London Hillsong. And uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. And um, since September, really, we've, um, we've been going there on a monthly basis. And it's just been such a privilege for us um, just to build relationships there with leaders and um, with Pastor Gary Clark and Kathy Clark. It is an awesome privilege uh, that we have as a couple. But also, in the future, we really believe um, that this relationship and, and this friendship that we're de- developing uh, with Hillsong London and with the leaders there is going to be really beneficial for us as a church, as a family. So it's really exciting. Please pray for us. It's been a great week. It's a busy week. Um, month after month is busy, but isn't it great to be serving Jesus together? It really is. And Idris informed me this morning that it's actually Welsh Valentine's Day today. Isn't it, Idris? It's Welsh Valentine's Day today. I forgot. What's that? What's Saint? Saint Doinwin. So I may pop down. Ah? Doinwen. Saint Doinwen. Whoever he is, he was a nice man. <laughs> so I may pop down and give Faye a kiss now on the lips. Hey, do you dare me? Yeah. Uh, come by, yeah. <laughs> That's how I kiss Summer. Fantastic. Saint Doinwen. Oh, brilliant. Well, over the last weeks, we have been. I've got to wipe my lipstick off now. Over the last weeks, we have been um, just focusing our thoughts around the church being God's home, the church being God's family. We are God's home. We are God's family. And and lots of times, you know, um, when, when you think about church, lots of people don't think about church as being a home. And possibly they certainly don't think about church being a family. There's lots of ideas and thoughts that we have in our mind when we, when we think about this word church. Some of us think about, you know, cold stone buildings with steeples and bell towers. We think about stained glass windows. We think about, you know, hard sort of cold places that we don't want to go to. But when the Bible talks about the church, when the Bible talks about us... It doesn't talk about a place. It talks about a people. You see, we're in this building that we see as a church. It's a church building. Thank God for it. We haven't got to meet in some dirty, muddy field today in the freezing cold. We can meet in a freezing cold building instead. 
No, it's nice and warm today. We've got the heating on. Woo! We're doing good. But it's great, you know, that we've got a building, but we, may, we, we must never lose sight of the fact that the church isn't a building. The church is not a place. The church is people. That's how the Bible pictures us. It pictures us as God's people. And when we begin to think about that and look at that and understand that, that's when we really do begin to understand God's purpose for us as a people, as a family. You see, we don't ever just want to be a large crowd here, do we? We don't want to ever just, you know, meet in a place and come in and go out and never get connected and never get joined into each other's lives. God doesn't want that. Jesus doesn't want that. Jesus wants us to be a loving, caring family. Jesus wants us to be a warm-hearted home, a place where we can enjoy each other's company, a place where we can get to know each other, a place where we can bring other people into. And do you know, we really believe, and I know I can speak for everybody, that this place is going to grow numerically. It is, it really is going to grow numerically, not because of gifted individuals. You see, no home is, is built by a few, one or two gifted, highly talented individuals. A home, a great church home, is built by many sacrificial people. Many people that lay their roots down. Many people that that just roll their sleeves up and say, this is my home. I'm going to contribute into it. I'm going to get involved in it. I'm going to unpack my life and my talents and my abilities and everything I am into this place that I'm calling home. And that's what makes home, the church, so special, so unique. And it has a wonderful light. It doesn't have, you know, one or two gifted individuals. It has Jesus at the center of it, amidst all of his people, shining out into a dark world, drawing in people. And as they come in, they get this huge welcome, a welcome that's fueled by this amazing love that comes from you as a result of Jesus being the center. The church is not a building. The church is not a place. The church is a bunch of people that's got Jesus at the center that that show his unconditional care, such a wonderful love, and, and joy is at the center of it, and that's attractive. That is attractive to a hurting, dying, lost world. We're going to see this place grow, not because of gifted individuals, but because Jesus is in this place. If you want to know why in the years to come, why this church is growing, why this church has grown, it's because of Jesus. And he's going to draw people. But I've said all of that to say this, when we grow larger, when we grow numerically, we must never lose the intimacy the relationship. We must never lose the friendships that we've forged because home is is a place of intimacy. Home is a place of involvement. Home is a place of care. Home is a place of love. You know, we're all deeply indebted to home. Every one of us. You know, some of our experiences of, of home may be negative experiences. They, they may be really dark experiences. And, you know, when you think about home and you think about the past 
experiences that you've had just in your natural home, you may feel very bruised and battered. You may feel very sort of rejected. But, you know, together when you come as, as God's people, as we come together as God's family, as we come together as God's home, it doesn't have to be like that. Your whole ideal of home can be changed when you come into God's family. When you come into this place, because you meet people that care for you, that are genuinely interested in you, that want to, that, that, that want to walk this life with you. And as we begin to unpack each other's lives, and as we begin to help each other, and as we begin to get involved in each other's lives, suddenly the things that we've been carrying, the things that have held us back, suddenly don't become an issue anymore because there's other people around you bringing their life strength into you. Other people around you bringing, bringing their life skills into your life and they're strengthening you. But what they're finding on the other side of it is that you're strengthening them. It's a wonderful place, the church. It really is. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to unpack your life, to lay your roots down, and to call it home. It really is. You know, I look back at, at when I first came into this place, which is many years ago now, and I look back and I think, wow. You know, I came, you know, in, in one way spiritually in sort of a very sort of impoverished place inside but little by little, as I laid my roots down into this place, as people got involved in my life, as I was allowed to get involved in their life, their strength flowed into me. My strengths flowed into them. And suddenly your life begins to flourish. You know, we talked last week, didn't we, about, or the week before last, when David talked about the house of God, about how he laid his roots down in the house of God. In Psalm 92, he said, those that are planted in God's house will flourish in the courts of the Lord. And it's wonderful to see your life growing. It's wonderful to see your life flourishing as a result of being a part of home, being a part of church. And David spoke about that. Flourishing, growing, thriving in God's house with God's people. It's wonderful. You see, home, when you, when you are in, ho- in a home spiritually, or whether, when, when you're at home naturally, home is a place for all seasons of life. All seasons. The ups and downs, the ins and outs, the highs and lows. If you're having a good day or a bad day, you can always go home. You can always find refuge at home. You know, you may have concerns and worries and fears at the end of a day, but when you go home and you shut the world out and you talk to your wife or you talk to your friends or you talk to your family, suddenly when you share those worries and anxieties and concerns, when you lay them down, when you find those again that care for you, and those that will talk into your life and speak well of you, suddenly those fears and those anxieties are not so pressing or powerful in your life. Home is a special place. Home is a robust place. And David talked about this. He said, you know, in Psalm 92, he was flourishing in the house of God. The home 
is a place for all seasons. In Psalm 92, he's flourishing. In Psalm 93, he's going through a tremendous storm. You see the two extremes of his life. Psalm 92, it's full color. It is full color. It's awesome. He's growing. He's thriving. His roots are down in the house of God. It couldn't be a better picture. He's like, you know, uh, a cedar of Lebanon. He's like uh, a palm tree that's unbreakable. And then you go into Psalm 93 and it's gone from full color into black and white again. As the storm hits his life. But the one unchanging thing in David's life in Psalm 92 or Psalm 93 was that he was planted in the house of the Lord. Home is a wonderful place for all seasons. Faye said it. Whether you're having a great day today, fantastic. We rejoice with you. If you're happy, if you've won the lottery, your numbers have come up, you're a multimillionaire. Woohoo! Fantastic! Awesome! We're happy for you. Home is a place for all seasons, whether you're happy or whether you're sad. Maybe it's a tough day today. Maybe you're not in. Maybe you're not having a Psalm 92 day today. Maybe it's a Psalm 93 day where the waves have risen up. And where the voice of the wave is speaking aggressively to you. But you're, in, you're at home. You're at home irrespective of what's happening around you. On the outside of you. Irrespective of it all. You're planted in God's house. You're at home. Home. Home is wonderful. The church is wonderful. Paul said it like this. He said sometimes you know, we rejoice with each other. That's fantastic. When you're doing well, when you're progressing, when you're getting promoted, when things are are, are on the up for you, we're all championing you. We're all saying, go on, that's great that you're having a great day. It's great that things have turned for you. We rejoice with you. We are your greatest fan. Home should do that when one individual is raised up among us and things are going well, whether it's in their business, in their home, in their career. They're raised up and they're doing great. Well, we should all be, we should all be, we should be the loudest to give the applause and to give the praise. It says, when one rejoices, we all rejoice. What's that? That's a home. And then he says, but when one weeps, we all weep. We don't leave that person to weep alone. No, we're a family, we're a body, we're a people that care for each other. We rejoice when one rejoices, but guess what? If somebody's weeping, we're all going to take notice of that. We're all going to come into that. We're all going to offer our strength and our resolve and our energy and our encouragement into that time of darkness that that person is going for and we're going to go in through and we're going to show it we're going to we're going to take notice of the details of their life so that we can raise them up together because we're a home we're a family we really are there's no place like home there's no place like laying your roots down with the people of God. You know, I was thinking back just about a few thoughts and my mind went back to when I was living in Yorkshire with my mum and dad. My mum and dad are here this morning. And um, one night, I was misbehaving. I know you don't believe that I ever misbehaved as a child. 
I mean, you know, I'm, I think my mum and dad could probably tell you a few stories about my misdemeanors, a lot of stories. But if you look at me this morning, you would never believe, would you, that a person like this would ever misbehave. And anyway, anyway, my mum, I think she told me to go to bed over something and um, I wasn't having any of it. I rose up against her. And, you know, I told her, no, I'm not going to bed. And I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I'm, I, I believe that this is right and you're wrong. And, and then suddenly this came out of my mouth, which surprised me. Sometimes you speak before you think. I said, right, for that. And I was probably about 10. Right? For that, I'm leaving home. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, every wise mum has got a ready response for that kind of language. So she said, well, son, you're leaving home, are you? Yes. Now, I was expecting her to break down in tears on the floor and beg me not to leave. Oh, please, son, don't leave home. No, we need you so much. She said, well, okay, then I'll help you pack your case. (laughs) She'd had enough of it. So I said, okay then. And I'm getting a bit scared now. I'm worrying a bit. Oh my gosh. Okay then, I said. Let's pack the case. All right then, she said. Up we went, got the case. She said, well, you'll need some pajamas if you're leaving home. I said, yes, I will. You'll need some trousers and some underpants and all the rest of it. She put it all in there. Packed the case. She said, right then, there's the front door. Out you go. I mean, just like a good mother would do. Who wanted to instruct her son? So out I went and I walked down the side alley from the house and I got as far as the garage door. I was really leaving home. And I sat down by the garage door. I can picture it now and it was a dark night and the rain was coming down and it was cold. And I was shivering and I was down by the garage gate, down by the garage door. And I waited all of five minutes. And then my mum came out and she looked around and she said, so you've left home, have you, son? (laughs) Yes, I said, I've left home. And she said, well, she said, now you've left home. Do you want to come back inside? It's lovely and warm in there. And I looked at her and I said, I'd love to come back home, please, mum. I'm coming back. So I, I, I went in behind her, unpacked my suitcase, and she welcomed me back in and took care of me. But sometimes, you know, home is common to every single one of us. Every single one of us here have a home, and we know what a home is. We, we have experiences of home. But sometimes, you know, because home is so common, we don't realize how precious it is. It is easy to take for granted the homes that we come from. It is easy to just treat it as commonplace when it's such a priceless thing that God has blessed us with. Home is so precious. Home is so, so priceless. Home is something that God has created and given to every single one of us. And this place, our home, 
What do we want to be known for? What do we, what do we want to be characteristic of this home? Well, I think, I think if, we, if we really search ourselves and really think about it, I think we all want a warm, loving place to come. I think all of us want to just come in here and, and get to know each other. I think each one of us want to be able to say, you know, that as we, as we come in every Sunday, that, that we've got friends that we've built relationships with beyond the two hours that we meet. I really do. I believe that, that all of us want to have, you know, strong relationships that we can draw on when we go through the different seasons of life in this place. This is a home. This is our home. And this is the place that we are creating, that we're all part of. Do you know if you've been here for two hours or 25 years, you're as important to Jesus and as important to us as anybody here. Whether you've been here a long time, which is fantastic, or whether you've been here just but a few hours today, your life is so precious because we actually believe that Jesus has brought you here. We actually do believe that it's not just a series of your choices that have got you here this morning, but we do believe that you're here because Jesus has selected you and chosen you and brought you into this home. And therefore, if you've just come here today, you've just arrived with your bags, we want to give you a huge welcome. We want to say to you that you're precious, you're valuable. We want you to be involved in this home. We really do. Home is a place where, you know, you go through all of the seasons of life, but home is a place of involvement. It really is. Home is a place where you can, where you can bring all of your talents, all of your life, all of your energies, and utilize it amongst God's people. Utilize it in the family. Just think about, naturally speaking, your home at home. You know, we see this with our children. Home for us, family for me and Faye, isn't just about me and Faye doing all the chores and all the tasks. We got some little helpers. Four little helpers. And you never know. One day, maybe five or six. Who knows? You never know, do you? No, I think four's good. Four is good. Four is good. But you know what? You nev- never say never. That's what I say. Never say never. So anyway. Oh, I don't know. Right? So anyway. We got four little helpers. Home is about involvement. Home isn't about me and Faye doing everything. And, you know, it's been a joy for us to see our children through various times in their lives wanting to get involved. You know, the, f- the first time, you know, usually they're about two and a half or three and they want to follow their siblings and they want to take a cup or a plate from the table and they want to take it, you know, hold it and get it to the dishwasher without dropping it. And you see him wobbling, you see him stumbling, and sometimes the, 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 the cup breaks, sometimes the plate smashes. But, you know, you don't go as a parent and whack him across the head for making a mistake, 
for wanting to get involved, the joy in seeing them wanting to get involved, the joy of a parent seeing a two-year-old or a three-year-old carrying a plate. It's irrelevant if they drop it. It's irrelevant how many breakages there are, and there's been many in our house, but it's completely irrelevant. That is wiped away by the, just the, the sheer joy that you have in seeing that, that early beginning of wanting to commit, wanting to be involved, wanting to get in, into this thing that we call family, into this thing that we call home. And it's in a child. And it should be in every one of us. That want and that desire to be involved. You say, well, Dave, I'm on the fringes of this church. I see everybody else getting involved and I feel that I can't get involved. We want to change that. You are precious. You are valuable. You have a a wonderful contribution to make into this family. You really do. There's no way that we want anybody to be on the fringe. There's no way that we want anybody to feel other than being the centerpiece of this church. Everyone should feel a part and, you know, some of us are very busy and we can't get involved to the, to the degree that we would like to. That's okay as well. But there's something within us all that wants to contribute, that wants to get right into the center of things. Home is a place where we can get involved. You're not going to get criticized for your mistakes. You're not going to get whacked across the head for getting it wrong. No way. Come to Jesus cares and you'll see it. You'll see the van scarred and marked by none other than Peter, our friend there, the the amazing driver. He knocked half the wall down. Did I tell you off, Pete? No. (laughs) He didn't tell me off either when I dented it. Right. I mean, they've knocked the forklift. I mean, I was on the forklift one day and nearly... I nearly went through one of the walls into Marcia's office. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? You You can't get on people's cases for making mistakes. They're laying their lives down. They you you can't get on people's cases for putting a scratch on a van or crashing into somebody's car. You can't. They're giving their life. They're giving their life for that. Now we're going to try and, you know, knock, not knock walls down. We're going to try and get better. But we're doing our best. And it's the same spirit that's in this place. It really is. It really is. Now I'm going to close in a, just in a few minutes. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring this together. But over the next few weeks, there's something that I really want to concentrate on. Just in this whole area of what a home should be. There's one ingredient, and we all know what it is. We all know what it is, right? There's one ingredient that is essential in every home. There's one ingredient that's, in, that's essential in every, every, every church home, and that ingredient is love. It's love. You know, we can want to be known for 
you know, our, our performances. We can want to be known for all of the social things that we do out there in the community. We can want to be known for many, many things in this church. But I believe the only thing, the one and only thing that God wants us to be known for is in the way that we love one another. And in the way that we love our world out there. Jesus put it like this, and, and we're going to focus our thoughts over the next week's And and we'll see how long we go just into this whole area. Jesus speaking, in John 13, verse 34 to 35, he said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. What a standard. What an example. That you also love one another by this All will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, over the next weeks, we're going to come back to that. Over the next weeks and months, we're going to think about what that love is and how that love works out in practical expression amongst us and how powerful it is and and how, how much it blesses each one of us when we work in it and through it. The disciples had seen this love operate in Jesus' life so many times. They had seen and watched him act and walk down the, the streets of his time with this love. And it had changed and reached into every, every social area of life. And it had brought healing and wholeness and care. And for, for us... This is so important that we focus on this. I'm just going to ask James and the musicians to come. We're going to close in just a few minutes. I just wanted to sort of set this up and introduce it this morning. But there are so many ways in which God wants us to unpack this love amongst us in our home, in this place that we call God's family. This is our family. And Jesus wants us to demonstrate such a wonderful love that he demonstrated. You know, when he spoke these words, he was in a room, in an upper room, with his disciples, you'll know it well. And he broke bread with them, and he told them about the sufferings that he was going to undergo. He washed their feet, which they couldn't believe. But Jesus wasn't trying to be the high and the mighty one. Jesus wasn't trying to be the one that that was supreme. Jesus was a, a man that was a lowly servant. Jesus had already emptied himself of all of his rights, of all of his privileges. He'd already identified himself as coming as one who serves, not as one to be served and this love was so real and this love that Jesus had was so relevant that it made him do things that were incredible to their minds and he'd washed their feet he'd cared for them he'd looked into their eyes even into Judas's eyes his betrayer and he'd extended love even to him even to Peter the one that would deny him, the one that would curse violently against him. He'd extended love to him. 
and told him about the future that he would have. You see, this love that Jesus has that is in us as a result of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, he wants that to become the wonderful energy, the wonderful reality of who we are to our world and also to one another. So over the weeks, we're going to look at that and we're going to see how God wants us to walk with one another and the blessedness that it is to walk and see his love flowing out of us. Amen? Amen. We're going to close our eyes just for a few moments. Do you know you may be here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Do you know the Bible actually describes your heart as a home, as a home. Your heart's got a door on it. And there's a beautiful picture in the Bible that shows us Jesus, none other than Jesus, knocking on the door of your heart. You see, he wants to come in. And if you open the door, he says, I'll come in. I'd love to come in. I remember when I first heard that, I thought, oh my God, I don't want to bring him into my home, into my heart. It's too dirty. It's too unclean. It's too messy. The lights are off. There's no power in there. The, the, the furniture's all wrecked and all kicked about. It's, a, it's an awful place. And I was afraid when he knocked on my door. But I tell you now, as I opened that door and I saw his smiling face and I felt his beautiful love and he walked in. He didn't start pointing out all of the stuff inside of me. He said, hey Dave, can I help you clean up this room? Hey Dave, let's have a meal together first before we do anything. Let's get to know each other. And this morning... You're here. He's knocking on your door because your heart, the Bible says, is a home that he wants to come into. He'd love to, but he won't force his way in. He wants you to just open the door. Now, while eyes are closed, I'm going to help you right now. Open that door. Because the Bible says when we call on Jesus' name, we shall be saved. And on calling on his name, you're opening that door of your heart for him to come in. Pray with me right now if you want to do that. A simple prayer. I'm going to help you. Say this. Jesus, I believe you're knocking on the door of my heart. I open it now. Come into my heart. And make it your home. Turn the lights on. Turn the lights on in my life, Jesus. Take away the fear. Give me peace. A sound mind. A brand new start. I ask you now. Thank you for forgiving me all of my sins. I believe in you, Jesus. Amen. Now, well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, just lift your hand up quickly. We'll see it. 
Well done, my love. That's it. Just keep your hand lifted up. We want to give you a Bible. Is there anybody else? There's a few more there. That's it. Keep your hands up. We want to give you just a little Bible. You are so precious to us. Every single person here, you are so precious. Jesus has brought you here this morning. You're so, so precious to us. Amen. 